From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, ask for the Pork Fanatic. Shaved smoked pork loin tossed in Jethro's original barbecue sauce. Topped with American cheese, fried pickles, and crispy onion strings. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Trent and I. We've got a few props. I'm going to run through the Condon Casino. All right. It's Take ready. your money. No. The kind of casino always wins. <laughs> well, they, they all do. Yes. Uh, Sports Info Solutions, where we will have Matt Manasarian, but it's all sponsored by Graphite Construction Group. And we're going to be there tomorrow, right? We're going to be there tomorrow. Russ, the owner of Graphite Construction Group, and as big of a draft dick as you're going to find. He's going to break down the first round that we see tonight, tomorrow, and get ready for round number two. His Kansas City Chiefs, of course, with a couple of picks. We'll talk about that. And uh, away we will go, but looking forward to that, going to see the whole crew out at Graphite. Great people out there and doing a lot for our community, building new football field and the softball field at Southeast Polk. So many school projects that they're involved in and a lot of different things across the community. Are we going to put a headset on him for the first segment tomorrow and recap? He's with us. Deal. Good stuff. Matt Manasarin has been great to us. He's joined us for the last four Thursdays leading up to it, and he's back again. It is finally here, Matt Manasarin. Good to talk to you, Trent and Ken. So uh, you were scout for the Browns. You were scout for the Saints. Once this day gets here... Uh, and you're in the, you're not in the war room yet, or maybe you guys are. Um, what's draft day like? Is it kind of a a relief? Do things slow down, or is today you know uh, your hair's on fire? Uh, There's not enough hours before the draft. How do teams handle actual draft day? Yeah, well, so from a work perspective, you're done. I mean, if you're not done with your work by now, I don't know what you've been doing all year long, right? Like this is this is a year round job, and it is three days of, of payoff. So. From a work perspective, if there's still things that you don't know about the players or uh, strategy that you haven't cooked up yet, then I, I don't know what you're doing. So nothing in terms of stressful that way, but it's exciting, right? You wake up, uh, it's it's like Christmas morning. You wake up, you're excited for um, everything to unfold. All the work you've been doing all year leads to today. Um, usually you get a chance to, to like sleep in a little bit, but you probably can't sleep. So you wake <laughs> up, go for a run, something like that. Um, and then you trickle into the draft room into the, in the afternoon. Um, and then you got to remember, it's, it's not totally a relief once you're done today. This is just the first round. It's right. like kind of, this is the easy stuff. You know, the scouts really get excited tomorrow and Saturday. When you're in one of those rooms uh, with the two teams you work for, the Browns or the Saints, was there ever a point uh, in, in your time there that right before your pick, the guy that you guys had identified was taken by a team, either right in front of you or a couple of picks in front of you? And, and I mean, that had to be just like a punch in the nose, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I'm having trouble thinking of a specific example off the top of my head, but I think pretty much every time you're picking, you are always having more players on the in your in your bubble in your cloud, as Coach Payton used to call it in New Orleans. Where so say you were picking at 26, you wanted to have 26 players on your board that you'd be comfortable taking at that spot. And obviously, there are players that are not going to be in your 26 that are going to go and stuff like that. But as you're getting five picks away from your pick. Yeah, you have your guy who's your top guy, but you're also making sure that you're going to be comfortable with, with the right number of players 
so that you're not even looking to, to trade out of the spot, right, if they all come off the board. So usually the way it happens is there are probably three guys in your cloud when you're maybe uh, five picks away, and you're hoping that one of those guys doesn't come because you have a personal preference for one of those guys over the other. But at the end of the day, like if you've done the process correctly, you're, you're going to be comfortable either drafting whichever one of the players you've, you've already predetermined would have a, a good value at that slot, or you're already on the phone figuring out how you can get out of that slot and seeing if there's anybody that wants to trade up there so that you're not stuck drafting a player that, that you don't value uh, that with a, a value that's commensurate with the position. Going inside the NFL war room here with Matt Manassarian, former scout it. with the Browns and Saints. <clears throat> How about trades? I'm so intrigued by this. All right, so a GM calls a GM. There are, of course, the, the spreadsheets anybody can find, trade value, what that means. All right, they're giving up the 44 and the 92, what that gets in return. What does that mean, not for the GMs that are having the conversation, but the next level of staff, trying to put it together and figuring out, is this a trade that makes sense? Yeah, so you're, you're feeding the GM all the information. So the GM will probably have their, their director of admin and maybe a, an analytics person, whoever it is, but there's probably going to be a, a couple of people that are by his side letting him know exactly what the value is based on the charts. So, yes, the, the GM has thoughts in his own mind about each specific trade, but just understanding what do our numbers say, what do their numbers say. Everybody has multiple versions of the Jimmy Johnson chart so that they're understanding, oh, this is, this is how the Bengals tend to value picks. Oh, this is how the Falcons tend to value picks. Um, and generally, this is how we think picks should be valued, right? So you, you kind of have a few different data points there to figure out what might be fair. And basically, you're looking at the board. You're trying to figure out if you'll be excited to draft any of the players that are at that slot. If that's coming and, and you want to get out of that slot, then that is something where you're picking up the phone and you're basically calling everybody. And you're saying, hey, do you want to move up? Because we're looking, at, we're looking to move down. Uh, if you're looking to move up, you know, you can get good value here. Uh, the other thing that will happen is if you are saying, oh, man, there's only one player that we want to draft and we're five picks away from our pick right now. We've got to move up if we're going to get our guys. Um, if it's one of those situations, then you're on the phone doing the exact opposite thing. You're calling everybody that's picking ahead of you and you're trying to say, uh, you know, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to move into that spot? What's it, what's it going to take? So it's just like anything else. You're doing supply and demand. You're making sure that you're exhausting all your options. It's always easier to work with people that you know well and that you have trust in, right, because you don't expect that they're on the other side of the phone and you're going to agree to something and then they're going to turn around and tell somebody else that you agreed to it (laughs) and and throw it in your face, right? So, So there's a little bit of that stuff that goes on, and being a trustworthy partner is always important here. But I think it's it's generally exactly like what you would expect. If we're feeling good about where we're slotted and the players that we're going to get right there, then oftentimes you're calm, you're, you're, you'll listen if somebody calls you, but GM's just hanging out. Um, and then if you're in one of those situations where, ah, you know what, we really don't feel like we'll have value at this spot. We either need to move up or move down to get out of here. Then, then you're exhausting all your options, and it's a team effort with the team coming back to the GM to let them know what the best deal available is. Matt, in your career, was there ever a guy that um, that you just flat out missed on? Like for, I'm not a scout, but I thought Justin Herbert was a total bust, right? I thought he's a good college quarterback. He'll never do anything in the NFL. Now I absolutely love him. It, was there a guy that you just, this guy just, I don't see what other people are seeing that you just completely missed on? I mean, I, I think, um, I don't know if I'd go so far as like, I don't know what other people are seeing because I think that the problem is like, you're not seeing it, but 
I think with uh, Justin Herbert, with the Josh Allen, these are definitely guys that I doubted because I didn't think they had consistent enough accuracy. Um, and, and there were some other parts of their game that I didn't think were going to come together. So um, if, if you told me, Josh Allen, if you wanted to say the scouting report, he's big, he's athletic, he's got a laser arm, uh, you know, all the arm strength in the world and, and Cam Newton-type running ability, I would have agreed with, with that uh, description of him. You told me you thought he was going to develop into an accurate quarterback? I would have thought you were out of your mind. So, um, man, that's one that comes to mind for me. Uh, my first big bust was a running back named Miguel Masonette. Which I, which I thought, you know, he was going to be a real running back in the NFL. And that was my first lesson. In, in uh, Running backs exist. There are lots of these dudes, um, and, that, and that are, they're pretty similar there. And uh, he never made it. But uh, that was an early lesson for me. Um, but, yeah, there, there's definitely players that I thought could play that, that never panned out. And there's players, I mean, even as, as a staff, there are players that, that you know, we had consensus on. And, and uh, sometimes at the end of the day, these guys, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that impact whether or not they make it uh, sure. in the NFL beyond what they look like on the film. That's a great point. Trayvon Walker is the betting favorite to go number one. Help me out. He's, I know he looks great at the Underwear Olympics. That was the NFL combine, but production. Well, I, I don't. I just I don't understand how we get to this point and we go through and through, and yet here we are. And we're going to take a guy that just wasn't productive in college. Yeah, the short answer is that I don't get it either. I think that there are <laughs> there aren't blue chip you know players here, but I don't think you look at Trayvon Walker and I don't think he suddenly becomes that blue chip player um, because of his athleticism. I think you know you watch all year long. This is a good football player. I don't get too concerned with production on the Georgia defense because there's only so much production to go around, and part of that can be you know you can be a victim of that at times. But I agree with you. You turn on the film. You don't see a consistently dominant player. You see tools, you see flashes, and the flashes show you somebody that could become a really special player. So I'm not going to you know, doubt that he ever becomes a, a, a good NFL player. This could be a plus pass rusher. I like the idea of having a guy that you can slide inside on third down who's shown the ability to pass rush from inside there so that you can bring in kind of some more horses and, and really come after the passer with, with other edge guys and him rushing from the inside on third down. So I... I I see the vision. I would understand it in the mid-first round sort of range. But to me, uh, going just for the athleticism and, and the body type and all that stuff, when you have a Hutchinson, when you have a Thibodeau at the same position that are both athletic and productive, um, it, would be, it would be harder for me to, to, to make that move or to justify it. So I, I can't say that I do understand it all too well. Um, you know, we also have to remember there's always stuff that we don't know. So... Maybe there's something from the character side. Maybe there's something that the Jaguars doctors think might be a red flag about one of these other guys that, that somebody else doesn't. So usually when things look really weird and a decision coming from one organization is so hard to wrap your head around, usually it's either a horrible decision or the team knows something that you don't know. And that could be both. They might know something that you don't know that doesn't help them make the decision. Um, and I, I think Trevon Walker, I think this is Anthony Bennett, going number one overall to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, all over again. I think that, that, that 
uh, you know, it would be very surprising to me if that, if he was the best player in this draft. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, you go from plugging in the tape, and I'll use Tyler Linderbaum because when you plug in the tape with him, he jumps off the uh, jumps off your TV or wherever you're watching it. Uh, I I guess it's got to be the arm length, right? Because man, I just have never seen this kid take a playoff, and this goes back to his freshman year. He dominated guys on the other side of the football. Why aren't NFL teams? Um, I don't know, not lining up to take him because he's a center after all. But I think, Matt, there's a real chance that he falls out of the first round, which is shocking to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it would be nuts if he fell out of the first round. This is a player that we have the same grade on as Trayvon Walker. So, I mean, and if you took these guys and you said, okay, look at the athleticism. Yeah, the athletic profiles are really different when you talk about the length, when you talk about the get-off and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that. And yet, if I'm Iowa preparing to play against Georgia, I'll tell you the last thing that I'm worried about is Tyler Linderbaum right. and how he's going to handle trade. Right? Like yes. it, it just seems ridiculous to me. So um, I, I understand one of these players is a great production player, and one of these players is a great upside player. So we have to understand that they're different. When we think probabilistically, we think maybe uh, we, we feel like there's a very good chance that Linderbaum becomes a good NFL player, but – we think there's a very low chance that he becomes an elite, game-changing NFL player who's a reason why we win games. And you can make that argument uh, in, in a, you know, for other players in a way that you couldn't for him. So I, I think that's why NFL teams start, you know, you really want great players in the first round. Um, you don't want to kind of like settle for mediocre. But my argument would it be it sounds like the same as yours, which is this isn't a mediocre player. This is a guy who's going to come in. He's going to be a starting center for you. He's going to be a plus player in the NFL not an ideal matchup against the, the, the biggest nose tackles in the league, but um, somebody who I think, you know, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, um, I know you, you signed a center this offseason. I'd be bumping that dude over to, yep. to guard. I'd be happy to bring in a, a Linderbaum if you could get him at the end of the first round there, uh, something like that. So, uh, you know, it's the upside. The upside is the short answer for why, but that doesn't mean that it makes sense. Talk with Matt Manassarian, our NFL draft conversation brought to you by Graphite Construction Group. Matt, want to go to the quarterbacks and not Malik Willis. I think a lot of people are intrigued with the upside of him. Even Kenny Pickett, that next tier of quarterback from Desmond Ritter, accuracy maybe a question with him. Matt Corral coming off an injury, athleticism, but is Howell. he big enough? Sam Howell, those guys. Is there somebody you like more and somebody you, you put more in the bust category out of that group? Uh, you know, if I was going to bet on any of these guys, I would say Corral. Um, Corral has the athleticism. If there's the questions with him are less about um, whether or not he has the physical ability and more about whether or not he can put it together in a real offense, right? We, we're talking about that Ole Miss offense. Um, it's a lot of sort of uh, quick drop, RPO, get the ball out of your hands quick, all that kind of stuff. We haven't really seen him operate in, in an NFL-type offense. And so the ability to process and, and develop uh, sort of those, those NFL route concepts and things like that, that's, that's what would remain to be seen with him. But you see somebody who's got plus athleticism, uh, somebody who's pretty accurate, has enough arm strength. So he's one guy that, that out of that first group I have a, I have a little bit more interest in. Um, Sam Howell, it's interesting because to me he's, he's like a poor man's Baker Mayfield type, type clone coming out. Um, I, I didn't really realize it until I was at the Senior Bowl, and you kind of see them on the hook, and, you, and you're like, "Oh wow, he just he looks like like Minnie Mayfield." And <laughs> you know, Baker Mayfield's 
a couple years ago, people would have said, oh, that's a great thing. He's the guy from the progressive commercials. Um, but coming off the, the horrible year that he had, I think it really hurt Sam Howell's draft stock because he's in that same archetype, and we've seen that kind of go the other way with Baker Mayfield. So um, he's, he's another one. I could see it. I could see it. But I, I wouldn't really want to bet on either of those guys. Um, the different sort of flavor to these ones is a Desmond Ritter, who, again, uh, has enough athleticism on, on his feet, just like these other two guys do. But to me, as much as I wanted to love this quarterback because he has command, um, he has uh, leadership skills, you, you see it. It jumps off the film. It jumps off the, the practice tape when you're, when you're there looking at the senior bowl. He's got command of the offense, offense and he's just a great decision maker. But at the end of the day, I don't think he has a consistent throwing motion. I didn't see consistent accuracy from him. Um, and, and for those reasons, I think he's more of an ideal backup type candidate than uh, really somebody that I'd want to hitch my wagon to. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I just, it's very hard to see me, to imagine him competing with a Josh Allen and with a Patrick Mahomes in the, in the sort of AFC championship game we saw last year. So he's, you know, uh, somebody that I've, I've grappled with in terms of it. But if there's one thing, you know, like I said at the beginning, the uh, big bust for me was Josh Allen. I didn't think that he could learn to be accurate. If you are a quarterback coach and somebody who believes that this is something that can be developed and that you have the tools to develop what you see in terms of the, the play that is Desmond Ritter into something that, that you can really mold, then I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, shot to take. Um, that's historically not something that we can develop accuracy, but – we started to see in the past couple of years, there's the Josh Allen, there's the Lamar Jackson. People are developing accuracy a bit, so I wouldn't rule it out. Interesting. My last question for you, Matt. Matt Manasarian, Sports Info Solutions. Who's your favorite receiver in this group? Who, my favorite? Williams? Mm, Jamison? That, that's a fun way to put it. I would say in terms of my favorite, Jamison Williams might be, might be my favorite. Um, he might also be my least favorite. Uh, I'll tell you what I mean by that. When you watch Jamison Williams on the – actually, not even when you watch Jamison Williams. When you watch a different player on the Alabama offense, or if you're watching a player on defense and you're doing scouting, Jamison Williams is the dude who would distract me on film the most of all the players that I, that I watched this year. I'd be watching the left tackle, trying to get a good beat on Evan Neal and who he's playing against, and all of a sudden I see this receiver just shot out of a cannon – like, where, where did that come from? This guy effortlessly, effortlessly just running away from people down the middle of the field. Um, the ball goes into the air, and you see him hit a second gear and actually start separating more from defensive backs, right? Usually we talk about defensive backs with closing speed. This guy has the opposite of that. He has separation speed uh, when the ball's in the air. Now, I say he distracted me in other ways, too, because sometimes you'd see, like, sort of boneheaded things that he would do and some, some frustrating plays from him where, where there would be an easy drop or there would be um, something where you know how explosive he can be. Why aren't you being that explosive on a, on a play-in and play-out basis? So with that, with, with the injury questions, there's, there's, um, there, there are definitely questions when it comes to Jamison Williams. But like I said in the beginning, I think he is my favorite because that kind of speed, that kind of explosiveness, that's what scares defense is. He's, he's got that, that speed kills type speed, and uh, that's, that's a lot of times what it comes down to in this sport. One more real quick, and it goes back to your experience inside War Rooms. So tonight's over, right? 30-second pick has been made. I'm guessing that you just guys just don't, well, punch out, get in your car and go home and get back, you know, in time for the second round tomorrow. How much work is there between the end of the first round and the start of uh, round number two? Yep. 
So the first round will end, um, aside from the stuff that you're doing, like on the media side with the players and stuff like that, you know, the, the big wigs will have some responsibilities there. Most of the scouts, you're just making sure that your board is all settled and in place for the next day. You'll have a quick meeting where you'll go over and make sure you're aligned in terms of definitely your next pick, but really all of your second and third round picks, understanding what the plan is, how your board is looking, all that kind of stuff. And then once you take care of the business, you have just one beer. Uh, you can have one beer together after the first round. You know, you're not, it's not over quite yet, mm-hmm. but, but you do just, you know, you need to let, let all of that energy and emotion kind of seep out. You sit together for 20 minutes, enjoy that one, and then you go home, um, and then you're right back in the next day, like you said. And, and the earlier you're picking, uh, the more you're, uh, you've got stuff to do kind of earlier in the day because, you know, if you're picking with the 30th pick in the second round, you can show up a couple hours before the draft starts and assuming, you know, you're not you're dealing with calls and stuff like that. But um, in terms of being in the draft room, there's not like, there's not a ton of work to be done. Like I, like I said at the beginning, mm-hmm. if you're still doing work, now, right. something went drastically wrong this season. Matt Manassari in Sports Info Solutions. Matt, you've been an incredible resource for us for these last four weeks. Thank you very much for what you do, and hopefully we can run you down early next week to recap it. Matt, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate it, too. Matt Manassarian. Well, that's good stuff. Trent, I've always thought that, you know, I really like to take part in that uh, mock selection mm-hmm. Sunday drill that some uh, media members... I would love to sit in a war room on, dra- on draft day. I really would. To see the craziness. Yeah. I mean, you get the... You get the video of it mm-hmm. and just seeing what else is going into it, what it all takes. Well, put, put, go watch Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. Was it three years ago mm-hmm. now when Rager went the pick before to uh-huh. the Eagles and Jefferson was still there? Giddy. Smiling ear to ear. And they were right on that one. Oh, my gosh. Now, that draft was, uh, it was Ruggs. Uh-huh. It was Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Rager, Jefferson. Three out of five hit. Yeah. One's in jail. Jerry Judy didn't catch a touchdown pass last year. Um, C.D. Lamb's a really good player. Yep. Uh, Rager's a bust, and Jefferson's top of the class at this point. And we have a very similar wide receiver class. You wonder, right? You wonder. We'll take a time out before we do that, though. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to kxno.com, and when you get there, enter the keyword money. Money. At KXNO.com, stay tuned for another chance to win with Murph and Andy. They've got keywords at 1 and 2, and then the Fanatics 3, 4, and 5. Let's do some, open up the Condon Casino, would you? All right. We'll do that when we come back. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Conditions apply. Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his 3 P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Classic. Building a better community doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. It takes a team, and it takes time. That's why for 75 years, we at NCMIC have been here working for you and with you. But this anniversary, we're not just looking back. We're focusing on the future, on building Iowa, on the better days ahead, and on how together we can all start taking the path forward. X and O.
Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-Roofing.net. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Love that. Such a great sound. A little bump. Yeah, indeed it is. All right, let's get into it. The Condon Casino is now open for business and accepting these props. Uh, Condon's going to participate, which doesn't... I I think I smell a rat. It's your casino and... Uh All right, you ready for these props? I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, about seven of them. Okay, seven props. Seven right, props. We then we're going to try and get three picks right in the top ten, mm-hmm. and maybe one or two wild cards. Because I, where's Penning going? To the Chargers. Yes, agree with you. Is there a quarterback prop number one? Is there a quarterback taken in the top ten picks? Yes. Yes or no? I'm going yes on this one. Absolutely, I see it happening. I think somebody will become so enamored with Malik Willis. Who would that be? Atlanta. Atlanta at, uh, where are they, eight? Atlanta at eight or Carolina? Possibly. And then even Kenny Pickett. The relationship with Kenny Pickett and the ownership group and on and on and on. I got Pickett to the Steelers at 20. Steelers might be moving up. They could be. Because they like Malik Willis from everything I've heard. They're not getting him at 20. I'm going to go no. You're going no. I don't think there's a quarterback taken in the top 10. There we go. Opposite sides. I like it. We is, don't have to play the juice. We can just no, play against each other. Absolutely. Is Tyler Linderbaum a first-round pick? Yes. I'm saying yes as well. Ultimately, somebody is just going to say we have to do it. Cowboys at 24, mm-hmm. Cincinnati at 31, mm-hmm. possibly another One of those two spots. I'm with you. Uh, so we agree there. Staying on that theme, is Brees Hall a first-round pick? Buffalo or bust? And I'm going to say... No. I was going to say no until Frank Schwab <laughs> clued us in on the precipitous drop in odds. Uh-huh. I mean, that's huge. From six to one, will the Bills take a running back in the first round? Was six to one last night. This morning, it's down to two to one. Uh, I will say yes All based right. on that. The first wide receiver taken in tonight's NFL draft is whom? 
I am going to go with Garrett Wilson. You like Wilson. I do. And I think a lot of people are enamored with him, too. Mm-hmm. I like Jamison Williams better. Healthy Jamison Williams. A better, healthy Jamison Williams. Which better. will not be the case. Uh, He'll be playing by October. Right, right, right. I like him. I'm, I'm going to stay. I'll say he's the first one okay. off the board. Uh, I think you've already played your hand on this one. You first quarterback off the board is? Malik Willis. Though Kenny Pickett's got a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You like Pickett, huh? If it was me, it'd be Willis. If I'm going to take a shot with any of these guys, I'm going with the highest upside. Yeah, he might be Achilles Smith. Mm-hmm. Or he might be Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Give me mm-hmm. a shot with that guy as opposed to Kenny. What's the best upside for Kenny Pickett? He's the uh, most Ryan NFL Tannehill. ready now. Oh, that type? Uh, Comparison-wise? Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's Tannehill. No, I mean, that's the best case Oh, scenario. I gotcha. Like, he's um, never going to be a star. I don't think he is. If he hits his highest ceiling, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the guy that has the chance to be the star is your guy, Willis. Yeah. Um, all that's right. the only one out of this group. Is Trevor Penning... A top 20 pick. We both think he's going 17 to the Chargers, so both of our answer is yes. Yes. Here's an interesting one. An interesting two. Will Kansas City make both of their picks in round number one? I see where you're going So they're, what, 29 and 30? Correct. Do they make both of their picks in round number one? Yes, they do because they have needs both defensively and a wide receiver, and because of that... They will make both picks, both 29 and 30. There will be no trading from the Kansas City football team. I agree with you. Okay. Green Bay. Yes. Do they keep both of their picks? And they're 22 and 28? They do not. They make a move. They're moving up. Okay. Packers are moving up for whatever wide receiver that they like. So they're trading, they're packaging 22 and 28 to move up? Are they going to keep 28, give away 22 and something later on in the draft? That's what I think it'll be. It'll be 22 and something else, second, third, next Uh year, whatever it is. Whatever that package works out to the points. But they will move up. So they will, though still make two first round picks, they will not be a 22 and 28. Okay. All right. I, I see what you're doing. Um, all right, let's go on the let's go on record. Let's try and of the top ten. Let's try and get three. Three is what we're shooting. For. Three is what we're shooting, and it's tricky. Speaking it's, of uh, mock drafts, yes, I uh, heard last night they had to have them in to be graded because much like the bracketologists, these guys yeah. are graded, and they had to be basically your final mock draft had to be done by midnight last night to be in this grading scale. I saw a couple, one guy mm. from the Action Network, another guy from the Athletic. And they had to have their final sheet in by midnight hmm. to be able to be graded and, and compared to kind of everybody else. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take? Uh, they're going to take Trayvon Walker. Seems like a free square. I'm going to yell to high heaven what an awful, awful pick that is. But on the other hand, you're going to be right. And you're going to put one in the win column. I'm with you on Walker. The Lions are up next at pick number two. Who are they going to take? They're going Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. You're going the same I'm spot? I'm going the same spot as you. All right, I think so, Hutchinson is two. So we'll be 0 for 2? Well, if look, at no, I think we'll be 1 for, we'll certainly be 1, we'll get onto the right foot, but it could completely throw a wrench into things. If Thibodeau goes 2, we're going to be wrong for the most part for the rest of our draft. All right, pick 3. Texans at pick 3 are taking whom? This is the one that I struggle with because there has been so much buzz here just today. Stingley buzz? About the Stingley thing. Uh, I don't see it. I don't either. I mean, I, I love get him. It. Don't get me wrong. They need so much help. Yep. In so many spots. And a guy that 
I'm intrigued by that still could go number one is Iki Iguanu. I'm going to go Iguanu here. He might be the number one pick still. The Jaguars need offensive line help, and there's a lot of people that think that this is the dude that is the easiest plug-and-play guy at the top. I'm going to go Iguanu, though, at number three. Trent, it's boring. So am I. No way. Yeah, honestly, so am I. Oh, man. The New York Jets, their first of two top ten picks. They are on the clock. You what get to go do? first. All You're right. on the clock this time. Uh, I, will take, I will take Thibodeau at four. All right. I can buy that one. Certainly makes a lot of sense. We're going to have our first disagreement here. They are going to go, boy, I'm looking at a couple of different spots here. Jermaine Johnson, Florida ah, State. Florida State, edge yeah. rusher, good player. Didn't he transfer from Georgia? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Not too bad, huh? No, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so you've got Johnson there. The, at five, it's the New York Giants. They hold the five and the seven, which is really kind of unfair because I'm convinced they're going to get Sauce Gardner. But are they going to get him at five or are they going to get him at seven? If I put him at five and they take him at seven, do I get credited all by getting the team right? Commissioner Condon. Yes, you'll get a half point, but we round down in this exercise. So it's not worth a damn. Uh, I will take Gardner at five to the Jinskis. You're going sauce at number five. They need offensive line help. There's a behemoth. There's an Alabama man. Yeah, I know. Evan Neal will be the pick. He is. He's going to be the pick, Trump. He's not going to be the pick until seven. Oh, okay. That's where you're going. That's where I'm going at seven. Now, here's where it gets sneaky to me when it comes to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, they need a quarterback. They don't need a cornerback. They're a kid from South Carolina that they took last year that missed all that time. Um, he's still there. Um, I'll take Cross. Charlie Cross. The big man from Mississippi He's State. He's a big dude. Yes, indeed he is. Six five three ten. Going offensive line, and Carolina definitely needs the help. Mm-hmm. I think there's something brewing here. This, you think quarterback? I'm going quarterback. And I'm not going, though, with my dude Malik Willis. Who are you going to put there? Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Really? Kenny, yep. There, there's, there is a relationship there. Yep. I am going Kenny Pickett. With the, what is that, six pick? Six pick in Good the NFL God. draft. Uh, I've got my seven done. You got Neil at that spot. Evan Neal at number seven. Uh, here's where it gets really interesting. Or who have you got at, uh, with the Giants at seven? I got Thibodeau, who falls to seven in my exercise here. So I am going with what many people thought for a long time was going to be the number one pick. He drops to seven. So you have the Giants taking Neil. Neil. Boy, that's a good draft for them if they get that. Uh, Atlanta at eight. There's Garrett Wilson. That's There's where I'm going. There's Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go the same position. We've already had this debate earlier in the Condon Casino. I think Jamison Williams is the first receiver off the board. So I will take him. Number nine. Number nine. See my guy. Is it me first? If you want, if you're ready. Yeah, I'm rushing to the I'm um, rushing to the point. You got the card and you I are do, going. Because Derek Stingley hasn't been taken. He hasn't. And I'm putting him at nine to Seattle. Nine at Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm, makes a lot of sense. Looking through here. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I, I think you got one. I can't let you get ahead on that spot. I'll also go Stingley. We wrap it up at number 10. 
back to the Jets again. <laughs> this draft is just so odd. Now, who did I take with now, the you Jets? Now, you know, you brought up a question with Frank Schwab, and I think, I think you're going to be proven right. The fact that eight teams, eight fan bases, mm-hmm. really have... Not the interest that normally they would have, right? right. Like hardcore football fans, I'm going to watch. I'm a Bronco fan. We don't have a pick. You've got me. But you don't have, there's not enough of me's to um, equate to, I think. Millions of viewers. Right, viewers, yeah. right? Uh, pick 10. Jets are on the clock. And they are going wide receiver. And it's going to be? Drake London, USC, big, yeah, thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got the right position, but uh, I'll take Garrett Wilson at that spot. Give me Wilson at that spot. So Lave's still on the board in our uh-huh. exercise. Burks, who's big two from Arkansas. Uh-huh. A lot of good receivers. Let's do the locals. All we right. haven't done the Vikings. We don't. The Bears are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the Vikings taking at twelve? Vikings are going to go cornerback at twelve. Who's the dude from Washington? McDuffie. Yeah, McDuffie. McDuffie. Yeah. yeah. That's who. Uh, that's who I got. The Vikings okay. getting at twelve. Um, it's a secondary pick. I can't get past Kyle Hamilton. Gotcha. I can't get past Hamilton. I know PA kind of threw cold water mm-hmm. on it when he joined us yesterday. Um, look, he's a, Nor- uh, he's a Notre Dame guy who's eventually going to take his place of Harrison Smith, who is also a Notre Dame guy. There'll be a, a want, I would think, to tutor. So I'll take. Uh, I'll put him there. Chiefs are going to take with one of their picks. This is because I think there's a kid in this draft, North Dakota State receiver. Yeah. I've been talking about for for weeks. Mm-hmm. Watson, Christian Watson. Um, six foot four, two hundred ten pounds, runs a four three, but he's raw. Yes, but I think uh, th- that's the type of player that, as a fan of another team in the AFC West, I fear, <laughs> especially with Mahomes. I'll put him to the Chiefs. All right, with one of them, the North Dakota State dude for yep. you. I'm also going to go wide receiver with my choice. Again, we get two cracks out of here. Jahan Dotson. Yeah, Penn- speedy guy. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Little undersized. Yep, yep. fits in with what they're looking for. I'm going to go Dotson with my Kansas City pick. Wrap Make, it up, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has to take a receiver. Um, 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 who do I have left? I, I, Alave's still on the board for me, yeah, right? Yeah. I'll take a lot. Put Alave to Green Bay. All right, Alave for you. I'm also going wide receiver. Give me Traylon Burks of Arkansas. Oh, well, that probably that makes sense too. That makes sense. Um, where's Linderbaum go? Cincinnati. Agree. 31. I agree. Put him to thirty-one. Brees, you said when we I did our props. Him, yeah, yeah, I've got him in the with the with the drop in odds from six to one to two to one. Somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. Uh, so that's why I'm going to go Brees Hall to Buffalo. Broncos going to do anything in the first round? They're staying at Pat. There's no, they're not. They're just not, picking up phones yep. and people are calling. That's it. There's they're they are hoping that the uh, tight end from Colorado State, uh, uh, Trey um, McBride, who played against the Hawkeyes yeah, this yeah. year. Is still on the board when they pick. I think they have the last pick in the second round. Well, they got Rams pick. Oh, okay. They had to give up their pick to Seattle in the Von Miller trade. They got their pick in the second round. So, um, let's see. Final Any, thing. Yes. Detroit picks, of course, also at 32. They take a quarterback. And that's where I was going to go with you. You think they're going to do it? Yes. Corral, Howell. Whoever's there. Whoever, maybe one of the guys that we talked about fell. Could be Ritter. Ritter, yeah. That fifth year player option. It's so important. Team mm-hmm. option, excuse me, not player mm-hmm. option. Team do, option. Do you think Goff is there is the guy? I mean, I think he is next year. Yeah. But do you, but uh, don't you don't you take a well here's the thing though, Trent, they've got the thirty second and the thirty fourth. They do. So you can 
Yeah, but I'm going to go quarterback at 32. Because you get that extra year. Yes. With the first round Precisely. pick. You have the, the fifth year yeah. is so important there for a quarterback. I think they take their shot. I'm with you. I think it'll be Sam Howell. Okay. We will take our time out. Uh, there's three NBA games tonight. How about Major League Baseball? They've got all of their games except two in the day. Staying away from the King NFL. football wins again. It's unbelievable. Updated odds currently just came out minutes ago from, uh, this is from FanDuel to be the number one pick. Trayvon Walker still the favorite. Now, you got to lay minus yeah. 450 Jeez. for Walker as the number one pick. Iquanu, the second choice of plus 450. Iquanu, oh, uh, who, did they have the odds for the second pick? No. Okay. not gotcha. I haven't seen it at least. I just saw the number one pick. Hutchinson third. And uh, Malik Willis, 55-1. to one. Boy. He's not going. I, Save your money. I'd throw five bucks on it. For to be the first pick in the draft? Weird things happen. Uh, Quarterbacks. They, Trent, who's their quarterback? Trading. Trading. Oh! Trading. They're trading Trevor Lawrence to take Malik. No, 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 not trading Trevor Lawrence. Trading the number one pick. Again, this say. is not who the Jaguars select. Ah. This who's goes number one. I gotcha. At that point, well... I first started having this idea when it was 101 like a week ago. Uh-huh. And I said, I, I'd throw five bucks on that because we've seen weird things happen in the draft. I like to bet long shots you're throwing your money away. Miller and Condon back with Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports Sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. It's your podcasts. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolfoin. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the program. The March numbers were out as far as sports wagering. Mm-hmm. The Nevada is now number three. Nevada has fallen to number three behind New York, who is just crushing it. And. Illinois, Pennsylvania, no, New Jersey still. Oh, New Jersey, still. Jersey still second. Mm-hmm. New York, New Jersey, New York about one point six billion. <laughs> uh, New Jersey one point one mil a billion, and then uh, Nevada eight hundred sixty three million. Uh, anyways, your play of the day, Trent Condon. We always say shop around. Our friends at Circa encourage you to shop around, and they feel more times than not you're going to find the best numbers with them. But not always. But not always, including this one. Mavericks on the road for Utah tonight. Mm -hmm. This thing's all over the place. Now, it's a tight number. Ultimately, is it going to matter? Probably not. But right now, at BetMGM, I can get the Mavericks at plus a point and a half. DraftKings, you're laying a point with the Mavericks. Points bet, you're getting a point. (laughs) Circa, they just got them as a pick So if this turns out and the Jazz win it by a point, just shopping around would be the difference. So because of that... That's where I will place my bet here today 
and that's what you should do as well, always. Because ultimately, it's a half point. It's yeah, a point. It'll get you during the season. If you're like me, and I probably make over the course of the year, how many bets do I make? 5,000? Yeah. No, no, we're not making this no, up. We're not. It's not an exaggeration, no. folks. Seriously. I make a lot of bets. I mean, you, you're tracked. You, you've mm-hmm. tracked your bets on what? What's the... Uh, uh, Action Network. A- Action Network, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it matters 10 times, 20 times, that adds up even at 10 bucks a pop. That's 100 bucks in my account, one way or the other, just by shopping around. So it is important. So I played two baseball games today. Well, one's already underway. It was the Padres, again, free square yeah. against the Reds. I, I don't get it. I just... This Cincinnati team. They're terrible. They don't care. Right. The owner doesn't care? Nope. Doesn't care. His kid doesn't care? Right. He's told everybody. But the one that is that you can still bet, I'm going to take Miami coming up here in about 10 minutes. Going to lay it a minus 140 against Patrick Corbin, who's been brutal for the Nationals. NBA tonight mentioned Dallas plus a point and a half. Phoenix, they do finish it up. I will take Phoenix and, uh, what, lay the two and Toronto forces a Game 7. Man, I hope you're right. little plus money there. Money line. Give me Toronto plus 105 on the money line. All right. Uh, tomorrow we will be at uh, Graphite Construction mm-hmm. Group doing our show live from there. Recapping the uh, first, well, 32 picks in the NFL draft. Can't Enjoy wait. it. I can't either. Uh, Murph and Andy had won the Fanatics at 3. Barnstormer Weekly. Yes, Joe Stacy and company tonight at 6. We're Miller and Condon. 10 to noon. 106.3 KXNO.